0: One more thing. I did this the first service, and I want to do it again. Can we stand here for a second? Would you grab the hand of the person next to you and across the aisles? I want to do an intercessory prayer here uh, for the city of Minneapolis. They've had a tough week, haven't they? And, uh, the, you know, uh, the issues there are deep, and they're old. And uh, um, there is no simple solution. And it's so easy for us to say, oh, here's the good guys, here's the bad guys. Uh, there, there, there is a lot of issues involved in that whole thing, and we can't sort them out right here. But I'll say this: that uh, white folks befriend, enter into the world of a person of color, and ask them sometime, when, when you're a safe person to talk to, uh, how how their experience maybe is different than your experience, and you'll find there's a significant difference. And uh, and part of what's going on there is is uh, it, is is uh, the result of uh, injustices that have been done long ago and recently and Uh, You know other things that get in, selling drugs, whatever. But I don't want to sort that out here. What we can do right here and now, all of us together, is unite in prayer. Amen? So Father, in Jesus' name, we pray. And if you want to even vocalize on your own as I'm leading you some prayer, feel free to do that. You can cry out to God if you want. But Father, we, we come as Your children, as Your kingdom people, as Your army, and we cash in some kingdom chips right now that You've given to us in the power of prayer. And we intercede for our brothers and sisters in Minneapolis, and some of them are right here in the congregation, Lord. And we ask, Lord God, that in in the face of this conflict, Lord God, that is there, this, this seething pot that is very dangerous right now, we pray, Lord God, that Your Spirit would be active, Lord God, to diffuse the situation, Lord God. That no more harm would come, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that You would give an extraordinary, supernatural dose of wisdom To those in leadership, Lord God. Uh, To those who speak for the people, Lord God. Give them wisdom to know the right words to say, Lord God. Remind them, Lord God, that a gentle answer turns away wrath, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for the pastors of that area, especially in the Jordan neighborhood, Lord God. Would You anoint them, Lord God? Would You pour out Your Spirit on them, Lord God? Would You encourage them, Lord God? Would You give them words to say that would unite people together, Lord God? Not divisive words, but uniting words, Lord God. And Lord God, we pray that You'd give them wisdom, Lord God, as well as other leaders in the community. Uh, Lord God, to know how to proceed forward here, Lord God, to how to work for justice and do it in a peaceful way, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that your spirit would just be with the people in the neighborhood, Lord God. And and we come against anything in the spiritual realm that is encouraging this racial aggravation, Lord God, and anything in the spiritual realm that is influencing uh, and and helping to facilitate the the influence of drugs in that area, Lord God, and other criminal elements, Lord God, that are eroding uh, in that neighborhood. We bind it in Jesus' name we bind it in jesus name we pray lord god that you by your spirit would be giving the neighbors uh, courage uh, to step up lord and 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 to uh take the action that is necessary to move forward to quell the situation right now but even to bring about long-term change lord god in that neighborhood and in other neighborhoods that so desperately need it lord this is the echo of the curse of babel lord and and your heart is to reverse it and so father we pray let your peace hover on that city let your hand on our city, Lord. Uh, we have racial issues here. So, Father, in Jesus' name, God, and make us a beacon of light. Uh, slowly but surely, move us in the direction where we are just a light on a hill that says that reconciliation can be done. It can be done in the power of God. In your name we pray. And all God's people said real loudly Amen. Amen. Okay, you're going to be seated. I um never got to my sermon in the first hour. <laughs> uh, it didn't happen. I, I began to sense as the more as, as I got up this morning that that might happen. So uh, I have a really good sermon on the distinction between judgment and discernment, and, and I want to continue that series, but I suspect that this, that this service will be like the previous one. Uh, and uh, I will have to put that off until next week I uh, want to begin I, I just really am open to the spirit moving here uh, but I want to tell you a little bit about uh, the trip that Shelley and I had to England and uh, this isn't going to be one of those boring vacation look at my photographs sessions <laughs> uh, where you're trapped I have you here and now you have to look at Aunt Goethe who uh, is wearing a funny hat um, but it was an, an extraordinary time for Shelly and I, and God really met us in some very unique ways. We, uh, I did a conference over in England uh, with ICFIS Fellowship, started by Roger Forster in 1974. Uh, and it's a, it's a wonderful fellowship, a fellowship of house churches and congregations really throughout Europe, uh, but most of them are located in London and the surrounding area. Uh and it was a marvelous time. I learned a few things about how the language of London differs from uh the states uh and for example is anyone here from England and can I, anyone here uh, I, don't, I guess we're all just Americans here. Well, you, then you won't get this. But at one point in a sermon, I said, you know, Jesus was, was kicking out a, a demon, but it didn't come out right away. And he said, this kind doesn't come out through except through through uh, uh, prayer and fasting. And I said, apparently it was a real tough bugger, and, and that took some real you know intercession. Now, bugger, I thought it was just a variation of booger, and it was just kind of a funny way of saying stuff. Turns out, in England, that is a really, really, really bad word. And, uh, I mean, it is really bad. Uh, and so, I said it, and all of a sudden, there's this, oh! <laughs> So, uh, I'm not going to tell you what it means. It's about as bad as it gets. So, I, I learned some things like that. But I had a great time. I, I, has anyone here ever heard of Winky Prattney. Have you heard of Winky Pradney? A few of you have. Uh, He's an international speaker, uh, travels all the time, really big with the youth movement, is big with YWAM. Uh, He's written some, some, I think, very important books on revival and on the nature of God. Uh, He has been for 40 years an advocate of openness theology and warfare theology, and he's really into chaos theory and fractals. And I've been wanting to meet him for about 15 years, and he was invited to this conference, too, and he and I were the, the guest speakers. And we had a blast. He is a sort of a, a little kid with a genius brain, with a lion's heart, and a passion for Jesus Christ, and he's out of control. And a 58-year-old guy, he's just, he's, just, he's just, we had so much fun. Uh, Roger Forster, uh, the, the founder of, of this movement, I have had all my life, uh, this is the major caveat in my education. I never was mentored by anybody. I didn't even know you were supposed to be mentored by anybody. I didn't know what I was missing in not being mentored by anybody. Uh, sometimes people would ask me, who are the most influential people in your life? And I could give you books, I could give you, you know, dead people, but I never had a living person that I was like trying to just learn from and stuff. And Roger Forster is the first person in my life where instantly I, there was like, oh, I want, I want to be around him. I want to learn what he's got to say. I, I want to, be, I aspire towards that. And it's really cool. So we're having kind of a long distance mentoring relationship. Uh, he's a real man of God. The, the, the whole movement there. Once a year they get together, all the churches that are associated with Ixis, and they, they, they go out in these beautiful campgrounds and they all pitch tents and they have a tent meeting and they have seminars in tents and, 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 uh, it's thousands of people get together. It's kind of a Christian Woodstock sort of thing, a mini, mini version of it. And the spirit of the fellowship was so refreshing. Um, the power, you could smell the kingdom, just like you can here. There's a, there's a, there's a, I was speaking metaphorically, but there's an aroma to the kingdom, a freshness to the kingdom, a vibrancy to the kingdom. It's all over, and it's just so refreshing. And that's what we had there. There's a, a ton of love without judgment there. Uh, And the fellowship was so free and uh, so encouraging. Uh, Part of it was just the diversity of of the people, Uh, not just the racial diversity, though you had a lot of that, uh, way farther than the the, uh, population's percentages. But the diversity of people in terms of where they are and their walk with God and their lifestyles and stuff, you get together and, and, and you've got these punks with this spiked hair, purple streak, you know, uh, right next to a, a lady who's got body piercings all over the place and a bald head, right next to a, a cigarette-smoking guy who's tattooed from t- head to toe, and, and he's right next to this old granny with a bun in her hair, and they're all just jumping up and down praising the Lord uh and, and there's an incredible it was just there's a unity and a freedom there that was that was just you know they've been at this for 27 years and and i, I can just see the fruit of that and it was just refreshing to to be around that and it was exhilarating the thing i think that most hit my wife and i were the children uh I I have never seen children used by God like this. In fact, it never has entered my mind that they could be used by God like this. Uh, And if this, they don't see children as 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 sort of uh, the future of the kingdom. They see them as a very important part of the kingdom now. And um, yeah, it it was. I never thought of it that way. Uh, in fact, you know, there is kind of in America this idea, isn't there, that we have these, these early years where they're preparing. We're the real warriors. We're the, you know, uh, the real you know, movers and shakers. They're, they're sort of, you know, being babysat, and hopefully they'll catch some truths. And, and we just kind of want to make sure they survive their teenagers. Come on, to be honest here. Okay, Lord, help them get through and not get on drugs and not get pregnant, and I will be so thankful. And, and, and so it's kind of. But, but they have a different thing, it, it, it's, it's more like this. The real warfare training is going on over there. And I'm just sort of babysitting you guys. Well, you know, the kids need someone to take care of their parents while they're getting trained. It's a, total, it's a total switch because the thinking is this. You know, they're a lot more open to change than you guys are. I got a harder job. You know, when you're young, your mind's open. We're all old fogies and we're pretty set in our ways and the Holy Spirit's really got to chip away there. But you got some drastic change going on over there. So they, 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 they have an incredible emphasis on children and, and uh, integrate them into a lot, a lot of the uh, adult activities. The kids are empowered to do stuff. I've never seen this before. Uh, I'll give you a couple of illustrations. I'm sitting in the middle of a courtyard, standing in the middle of a courtyard one evening about 10 o'clock. Children's church or youth church lets out. And, and the three boys run across the courtyard. And they're racing one another. One of them's behind the other two. And I just sort of make a little comment. Oh, better hurry up. They're going to beat you. You know, just having fun. I'm, I'm just standing out there. And uh, the, the, the boy gets to the end of the courtyard, turns around, comes back to me and says, you know, with this strong London accent that I can hardly understand. Uh, he says, so would you mind if I prayed for you? He walks back there and says, would you mind if I prayed for you? And it's like, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I was just dumbfounded. And he goes, well, I'm not really good at this sort of thing, but, but I'll give it my best, but I think I sh- I'm supposed to pray for you. And I said, you know, son, look at you're great. There's no way to be bad at this kind of thing, and you're hitting it out of the park right now, all right? So he lays his hand on me and just starts saying, Lord, bless this man, bless this man, and help him have a really, really wonderful life. Lord, be with him. And I'm just like, oh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting slattered as this kid's praying for me. Then he starts to cry. And I said, you know... I asked him, I said, well, what are those tears about? But he couldn't tell me because he was just sobbing like this. And I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And so I began to pray for him. Here we are in this courtyard and I've been praying for him. And, and now he just really begins to cry. And I begin to cry. <laughs> and I, I have no clue what's going on here. But it, it was just a thing of beauty. It was like it, it, that, 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 a, that a nine-year-old boy would feel empowered to come up to me, uh, you know, the, the speaker at this camp, and just say, do you mind if I pray for you? Oh, I love that. They had a, a, a man who was there had a crushed arm. He had a brace uh, all over his arm. He had spikes going through it. You know, it was just really in bad shape. I don't know what happened to it, but it was just really a nasty thing. And, and at one point he had mentioned to a bunch of people apparently that he hadn't been able to sleep really for about 18 months. He'd go an hour at the most and then wake up because of the discomfort, the pain or whatever. And, and so he's kind of being tortured by, by sleep deprivation. A little girl, an eight-year-old girl, came up to him and and said, You know, sir, would you mind if I prayed for you? I want to ask Jesus to help give you a good night's rest. And the guy was kind of like, you know, I've been prayed for so many times by adults and it hasn't worked. But, you know, to to encourage this little girl, I'll let her her, uh, pray. He testified about this, you know, the next night. The the little girl prays for him. Oh, Father, give this man sleep. He's so tired and he, he just needs some sleep. The guy the next day got up in the middle of the big meeting and just said, I want you to know last night for the first time in 18 months I slept through the night. I got nine hours of sleep and I didn't wake up once. You know, it's, praise God. The same thing happened the next night. Two nights in a row. And he said, I feel like a, a, a new man. Now, I don't know why that is. Maybe children have more faith. Maybe they believe more, you know, certainly than we do. Uh, but... Um, uh, God uses these kids. Um, th- there was, I, was, I, I was doing children's church. Um, and They had me doing everything there. I was preaching every day and doing some children's church. I, I, I'm physically a total wreck, but spiritually I'm just like, you know, wired. Um, but I was in children's church, all right? And they're, they're doing the normal stuff. This is, these are the five to ten year olds. And they're doing, you know, the normal stuff singing, dancing, you know, talking Bible, and, uh, you know, cool stuff. Really neat. And then at one point, the, the uh, leader gets up there and says, now, Children, has God been talking to anyone here? And do you have some a message you want to share that we need to hear? A little boy, a six-year-old, raises his hand and comes up to the microphone. And, she, and he says, well, I had a really peculiar dream last night that I think was from God and I'm supposed to share. And uh, <laughs> I saw these people around this table and, and uh, they, they were against uh, Jesus. And they were talking about passing a law that would persecute missionaries. And so I, I thought in my dream I better pray that they don't do that. And so I began to pray, and then I saw these waves of water over their heads. All these waves just kept on flowing and flowing. And I don't know what it means, but I think I'm supposed to share it. And so the leader just said to the children, Well, what, what do you think this might mean? And so the kids talked about it a little bit. By the they decided, Well, we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray for missionaries, some particular group of missionaries who are going to come under persecution. And so the teacher said, okay, let's all stand up and let's make waves because we're going to be praying for waves of blessing to come on these people. And the boy said, we're supposed to pray, or that that in his prayer he's praying that God would change their hearts so that they would receive Jesus. And so all these little kids, 5 to 10 year olds, stand up and they're going like this. And they're saying, "Oh, and, and they just all pray at the same time, and there's a lot of noise, and it was beautiful. And they're praying, "Oh Lord, come over them and, and bless them and change their hearts, Lord God. So these perse- these, these, these missionaries are persecuted." And I, I was just so moved, I was moved to tears, seeing the beauty of these kids sitting there together praying about some missionary that they don't know. But what really blew me away is that the next thing that happened in this meeting was a missionary moment. Every day they had uh, a missionary come in and share for about ten minutes or so where their missionary at. They showed them you know on the map where it is and and you know kind of what they do. This missionary got up there and he comes from some country I've never heard of before. These kids have a global awareness that 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 uh, makes mine look silly. And um, uh, they point out where the map where this was. I don't even remember it starts with an A, but this guy runs a a Christian clinic, a psychiatric ward in this country, and he also has a mission outreach there. And he got up there and and you could tell that he was really moved by that prayer because he told the kids that as of just the last couple weeks, the state has been cracking down on him and had just served him notice that unless they they register with the state and conform to some policies which would include apparently not preaching the gospel, they're going to shut down his clinic. Or if he does preach, he could be thrown in prison for doing it. Now, if you're a skeptic here this morning, try explaining that one. All right. This is a God thing. And and then this boy has this vision just before this missionary gets here. What it really did for me is, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter two that in the latter days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And your sons and your daughters. Are going to prophesy. They're going to dream dreams. They're going to have visions. And I've never really taken that very seriously. But what I I, I called Susie Abramson, the pastor of children, uh, uh, last night when I got home, and I said, Susie, you got to know this. I, I'm coming back turbocharged for our children's church, man. I have a renewed passion for children's church. There's a resource there that we have not been tapping into. And uh, and what you're doing is so important, and I feel like I appreciate that more now than I ever have. And and they've got something that they need to say to us. We need to find ways, and, and we'll be talking about this. Find ways of integrating the kids uh, into the, the the life of the church and listening to them and having them pray for us. We always think it's us towards them, but the, you know, out of the mouth of babes, the Bible says, out of the little children, God is perfected. Praise. There's a resource that is there. Our youth as well. What a resource those are. Those are our primary missionaries. They are not the future of the church. They are part of the church right here and right now. And uh, you know the Bible tells us that or no, the Bible doesn't tell us but what we know is that 85% of the people who come to know the Lord who are raised in the church between the ages come between the ages of 13 and 18 and the majority come because someone their age reached them. What we have in the youth is an incredible missionary force, amen? They're our primary missionaries. Youth are our primary missions. We need to be praying power on them, anointing on them, uh, to make them the radical kingdom disciples that Jesus wants them to be, to set them loose, praise God, to do kingdom work. So, you know what we should do right now? Can we stand one more time? You know, I, I, and, and I want to I do this. Can, can we, this is weird, but you know, I feel in a weird mood, okay? So go with me on this one. And, and can we just kind of raise our hands in that direction? I want to pray for our children's church right now. And I want to pray for our youth. Uh, and just agree with me in your heart on this. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for our children right now, Lord God. We pray for the kids that are over there that are getting a teaching, going into activity. We pray, Lord God, that you would use the lesson, Lord God, and, and use the teachers and use the activities to, Lord, establish in their hearts those precious, precious hearts. Kingdom principles, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that it would stick. We pray, Lord God, that it would uh, land and, and form their worldview, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that You would be pouring out Your Spirit even right this moment as we are praying. Pour out Your Spirit in those rooms. Pour it out among the infants. Pour it out among the toddlers, Lord God. Pour it out on the seven, eight, and nine-year-olds, Lord God. Holy Spirit, be moving in there. We pray, Lord God, for all the teachers, that they would be encouraged and not discouraged, Lord. We pray that, that they'd have wisdom. We pray, Lord God, that You'd give them the words to say and the way they should say it to reach those children. And Lord, envelop them in Your Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that You would be teaching the leadership of this church ways that we can listen to and benefit from and tap into the tremendous resource that they are for the kingdom of God. We pray for our youth. We pray for Dennis and for Chris and for Jordan and all the others who are working over there. Father, let Your Spirit land on those teenagers, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that You'd be breaking strongholds that are already there in some of their lives, even right now, Lord. We pray, God, that You would be freeing them, uh, pouring out Your Spirit to to loosen them, Lord God, to be the radical disciples that You know they can be, Lord. You used David when he was 15 and, and Mary when she was 13, Lord God, we've got an army over there. And so, Father, pour out Your Spirit there. Bless the teachers, Lord. Encourage them. Protect them from discouragement and envelop them in your love and your power and your peace and let your kingdom work be done over there in jesus name we pray amen 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 (laughs) praise god that's church going on over there i'm not really just babysitting here uh, but that is as much church as this is church i i want to encourage you to to be keeping that in prayer uh, keep, keep our young people in prayer, our children in prayer. I want to encourage you also to, to throughout this week, remember that, that, that whole thing that I said at the beginning of the worship service. The person said, I didn't get much out of worship. And um, uh, the other person said, oh, I didn't know it was for you. Uh, remember that. So next week when we come together, you're already focused. This is about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. And, and we come just prepared for that. God is taking us up another level. He's he's shifting gears. I sense it. I've been sensing it since July. Speaking of July, let me tell you another one more story from Ictus. All right, this one slaughtered me. There's a there's a man I met um, about nine months ago when I did a theology conference over there. And obviously, we're not going to get the sermon today. It'll be really good next week. I want you to come back. But uh, um, I, I I I met this guy. He's a very old man. I don't remember his last name, but his first name is Angus, if I recall right. Um, and he was a disciple of Watchman Knee. Does anybody here ever read Watchman Knee? Oh, tremendous stuff, tremendous stuff. I, I, Watchman Knee. Uh, it's, how do you spell N E E? N uh, E E. Stanwalk Run, uh, The Spiritual Man. He's got some incredible books. Um, this is the man who was, a, and most of those books were written while, while Watchman Nee was imprisoned in China because he led the, uh, the Chinese church in the 30s and uh, was put in prison for, for years and years and years uh, and tortured and other things he wrote these books and uh, some of them had to be snuck out and other things like that this is the man who was his primary disciple who translated them into English now and, and, and I, I want you to hear what I'm going to say right in the spirit in which it's intended um because th- this just blew me away. He's been very ill lately. In fact, he's now passed away. And, but before he died, uh, Roger Forster, the founder of Icthys, and his wife, Faith, visited him. Because he was a part of the Icthys movement, and they were longtime friends. So visited him uh, while he was dying. And um, as he was dying, because of the pain, I guess it was cancer, uh, they, they used uh, you know, morphine and stuff. And so he'd go in and out of consciousness... But whenever he was conscious and he'd have moments of incredible lucidity, he he spent it praying, uh, doing intercessory prayer. And this is the part that killed me. Roger and Faith said he was praying for me. He'd be doing intercessory prayer for me. uh, Because he he felt like there was a a war going on uh, and that the devil wanted to get to me and he felt like it was important that the message... Uh, that I am writing about in in my books gets out. And so as he's dying, he's praying for me. And this is throughout July. Do you remember what was going on in July? Do you remember what was going on in July? And this this just blows me away. It blows me away for a lot of things. First of all, to know, see here... Well, I'm going through this. He didn't know anything about that. He didn't know. have a clue. If you're a skeptic here this morning, you explain this one. Some guy in China on his deathbed is praying for me. Uh, While well, I've got can- skin cancer and the doctors, I think it's dangerous, and our whole church is going through warfare, this guy on his deathbed is doing intercessory prayer. But it also just, I can't tell you how it humbles me that a man of God of that caliber... I, is 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 praying for me using his last breath praying for me uh, I, I feel like
1: you know,
0: i i i don't have the words to, i feel like private ryan when the, when, the, when when the one guy when tom hanks character says earn this you know after all these people gave his life to find him it's like, how do I, you know, it has, not in a condemning way, but in a, but in a convicting way. Here this man of God is praying for me. It's like, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. But the very example of it is, is convicting. A man of God who, most people when they're dying, they're worried about something other than a person. I met him one time for about ten minutes. He's dying, and because the Spirit of God led him, he's praying for this person that he only knows, has met one time for ten minutes, and his last breaths are spent praying that way. That's not your ordinary way of dying, is it? It just blows me away. That evidence is so much a heart that is so formed and shaped and molded over years by kingdom values. A man who just walks with God, where every breath and every thought is done in obedience to Jesus Christ. And what that does to me is it, it just sort of holds up a mirror. And I'm not, the devil could get on this and really kind of drive me into the ground with it. But God wants to say, no, Greg, just learn. Just, just learn from this. You know, I got you covered for one thing. There's a person over in China you don't know about who's going to be covering you in prayer while he's dying. But the other thing is just the sheer example of it. It's like, man, uh,. Uh, that kind of life is something I would aspire to. I, I can hardly dream of being in that kind of state, but it's, a, it's a, the state of mind of a Jesus who spends one of His last prayers pray, praying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Or Stephen in the book of Acts says he's being stoned by people. Rocks being thrown at him, He uses one of his last breaths to pray, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Here this man of God is racked in pain and he's praying for a guy that he only met uh, for ten minutes, uh, nine months ago, but the Lord is telling him the person's in trouble, do some intercession prayer. That is a heart that's shaped by the kingdom of God. That is a mind that is shaped by the kingdom of God. That is a life that is shaped by the kingdom of God. And what it does for me, I really think sometimes the most convicting thing you can ever do for others is just to live a godly life. Uh, Just seeing that kind of a life, what it does for me is it, it highlights in my own life how much flesh there is. Not in a condemning way, the devil would do that, but in a learning way how much flesh there is, and it's highlighted in my mind how much flesh the, the, the church in general has. Flesh is about... The flesh mindset is the mindset of the fall. It's the mindset of this world. It's the pattern of this age. It is the old self. It's that mindset that, that puts yourself at the center of the universe. And all that you see and all that you think and all that you hear is filtered through yourself. And, and it, you are the center of gravity and everything gravitates towards you. We all are polluted with this. This is the old self. It's not your essential nature because your essential nature is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. But this is the old self. It's the dead self, which in principle has passed away, but it still lingers because we still hold on to it. It is that self that says, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Do I get it in my way? What about my rights? See, it's that, it's that, whole, that whole mindset. Totally in contrast to that, and see that mindset. That mindset can't understand the kingdom. That to the extent that you're polluted with that mindset, that the kind of life that would 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 uh, die and with his last breath praying for somebody that they don't even know, it, it, it's foreign to you. It's it, the whole kingdom is foreign. You can't even really uh, to the extent that you're conformed to the flesh, uh, you really can't even desire that kingdom. It's it's foreign to you. But see, the opposite of that is the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of the Kingdom of God. And the Spirit of God, the kind of Spirit that I see in Angus, is is the Spirit that, that says, you know what, it, it, it's not about me, it's about God. And it's not what I want, it's what God wants. And the center of the universe isn't me, it's God. And all things gravitate towards God. You, you have a Capernaum revolution. Instead of everything revolving around you, everything revolves around God, and you're part of that everything. Where your heart and your thoughts and your decisions and your values are done with a focus on God. And it gets formed in you to the point where you become like an Angus where every thought is taken captive to Jesus Christ and and, uh, uh, every breath is taken captive to Jesus Christ. And see, here's the thing. The only way to get to the kingdom stuff, the only way to get to the spirit stuff, is to die to the flesh stuff. Amen? That's why the Bible says crucify yourself. That, that me-centeredness, that self-centeredness, that's what's in it for me. How can I live life as convenient as possible, getting as much stuff as possible, you know, feeding myself as, as much as possible? It, that whole thing has got to be crucified if we're going to walk in the Spirit, walk in the kingdom, understand the kingdom. And here's the thing, the irony, the paradox is this, that when you die to that self, now you find out your real self. Amen? When you stop, when you crucify the self that's always saying what's in it for me, then you find what's in it for you because you're made to orbit the planet who is called God that that, that you're made to have him as the center of your life you learn the upside-down kingdom that says that 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 when you lose it you find it and when you give it away then you get it and when you die to yourself then you live to yourself and it is to the degree that that happens in our life that we begin to move into a different zone The kingdom zone. The spirit of God zone. And now you begin to find that peace that passes all understanding. Trying to get peace in the flesh, you won't get it. Uh, Crucify that, you get peace in the spirit of God. Amen? You find out that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory all of your kingdom inheritance to the degree that 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 flesh mindset is there. It blocks the inheritance from being manifested in our life. But you take that old self, that self-centered self, that materialistic self, that narcissistic self that's conformed to the pattern of this age, and you crucify it on, on a cross, you put it aside, and now there is this rich inheritance full of glory, full of joy, full of peace, full of power. That is what you were made for. That's what Jesus died for. The only way to it, the only way to it is by putting aside the flesh. And here's the thing. I can't talk myself into that, let alone talk you into it. We can't get a program for that. There's no way the coin can drop in the slot by anyone saying it the right way or any program pushing it the right way or or anything like that. What we need is the Spirit of God flowing over us, baptizing us, waving over this place, uh, confronting our lives. Amen? We... We need so badly to be hungry for God, for God to show up, to change us, to mold us, to make us, to break us, to, let, to help us let go of that old self and to grab hold of the Spirit of God. We need what the Bible calls the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm talking about? The infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, the Bible. I've got to start to wrap this thing up. But, but the Bible, a lot of Christians think that, that if you're a believer, then, then, then uh, there's, there's nothing else that needs to happen to you. But see, here's the thing. The disciples were believers after Jesus Christ rose from the dead, but Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, wait in Jerusalem till you receive the power from on high. All right, There was a power there that they, they hadn't had yet. Uh, they get that power in Acts chapter 2. And that's when Peter, the previous coward, stands up before a hostile audience and preaches this incredible message and 3,000 people get converted. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, you look at that. Philip went to Samaria and preached there. And it says, it says in verse 12 that the people believed Philip. Uh, they received the gospel. They were baptized. They obeyed uh, the, the, the gospel. Uh, Philip was doing miracles there. He was casting out demons there. And there was great joy in that city, it says in verse 16. And yet it says that they called the, 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 uh, John and Peter to come up from Jerusalem and pray for the, for the Samaritan Christians because they didn't yet have the Holy Spirit. See, they had a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of powerful stuff going on. Really impressive, man. A lot of churches would be settled with that. But, but the, 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 the disciples discerned that there was a dimension that was missing. Something's just not here yet. And it was that infilling of the Holy Spirit. So also, Paul becomes a believer in Acts chapter 9, gets knocked off his high horse on the road to Damascus, but Ananias was called up to pray for him that he might receive the, the filling of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's like this. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. You couldn't be a believer without the Holy Spirit. The question is, you have the Holy Spirit, but does God have you? And it see, like it's like a picture of a cup here. Here's an analogy. A cup filled with water. It's filled with water, but it's also got a lot of rocks there. So it's, not, it's filled, filled up to the top with water, but it's not full of water. Take out the rocks, and now it can be just full of water. So it is, you have the Holy Spirit, but how much non-spirit stuff is there? And what I'm talking about here is flesh. Flesh stuff, me stuff, my stuff, my way stuff. And what God wants is just to remove that for our own good and fill us with His Spirit. Praise God. Uh, Just pour out His Spirit upon us. Now, this isn't a one-time... See, so you can be a Christian, but see, there's a fleshy way of being a Christian where everything is just safe and nice and in the box, middle of the road, decent, proper. Everything is just you know such and so and you just go on with your, your, your life as it is. But God wants to just take us and shake us and make us and break us. To be radical disciples of a radical kingdom. And when the Spirit of God, when you're full of the Holy Spirit and full of a fire, there's a wildness inside of you. There's a longing for that wildness in your heart, and you know it. You know We find we most people find religion boring, and there's a reason for that. It's because it is boring. It's profoundly boring. Going to church, that's all there is to it, give me a break. And I believe that a lot of the stuff we get involved in, a lot of affairs people get involved in, it's because they're looking for some adventure. They're looking for something wild. They're looking for something that will, you know, just kind of change their life. They're bored with the status quo. And the way they act on that impulse isn't good. But that impulse, that wild impulse is there for a reason. It's because you serve a wild God. He's a crazy God. He wants to grab hold of your heart. Amen. And people often ask, you know, what is the evidence of of, of receiving the the, the instilling of the Holy Spirit? You know, John the Baptist, some say, well, it's got to be tongues. But sometimes in the book of Acts, it's prophecy, and sometimes it's vision, and sometimes it's dreams, and sometimes it's boldness. You can't pin it down to one thing, but I'll just say this. John the Baptist says that that Jesus will baptize us with spirit and with fire. And I've yet to meet a person who got caught on fire and didn't know it. If you're on fire, you know it, and usually people around you know it. You know, you start kind of acting differently when you're on fire. God wants us to be a people who are on fire. Who, who are just yielded to His presence in our life. It's not a one-time thing where you get it and then you can coast on it the rest of your life. I don't want to hear any more testimonies from people who talk about their infilling 18 years ago and now you're leading a deadpan Christian life. It just doesn't cut it. Paul says in, in Ephesians 4, Quit getting drunk and start being filled with the Spirit. Acts 14:18. It's an ongoing thing. Our prayer has got to be, Lord, pour out your spirit here. Uh, help us crucify the flesh. We want more of you and less of us to discover the joy of the kingdom. That kingdom where you're sold out. Where, where even on your deathbed, you're only worried about what furthers the kingdom of God. What will further the kingdom? How can I use this last breath to further the kingdom of God in some way, shape, or form? Praise God. I'm going to do two things here in, as we close. Uh, and the second thing I'm going to do is... Well, first I'll do the first thing, and then I'll tell you the second thing. Now I, I, I'm going to do a one-minute thing here. Uh, if you're here this morning and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that, and I'm going to give it one minute starting right now. I, I want you to stand up right where you are and come forward if you want to say, you know what, I'm just tired enough of my boring life uh, to say, I need Jesus Christ. Uh, or maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. I want you just to stand up and come forward here. I used to do this hand raising, you know, everyone kind of anonymous and in secret, and I'm not against that. I just don't feel like doing that anymore, right now, anyways. Um, uh, you know, uh, in the early church, if, if you got 45 seconds left, if, if you were going to be a believer, you had to be willing to die for it. And, and you put your life on the line. That's what it is to follow Jesus. And I don't know if we do any, anyone any favors by making it as easy as possible. Uh, uh, Jesus said, if you're, if you're not ashamed of me before people, then I won't be ashamed of you. So it's a matter of standing up and declaring it. You know, I need Jesus Christ. you got 30 seconds left. Hey, uh, nothing fancy. Not selling anything. Come on down. Nothing fancy. You say, I need Jesus Christ. I need Jesus Christ, praise God. Anybody else? I'll wait 15 seconds. Holy Spirit, be moving here. Is God tugging on your heart? Come on.
1: Yes. Hallelujah.
0: Die to that old self. Hallelujah. Give it up. Let praise it go. Lord. It's not worth living. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not worth living.
1: Yes. Hallelujah.
0: Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You take a stand. You say, here, now. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus.
1: Hallelujah. I want
0: my life to revolve around you. Just come on in.
1: Glory to God. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Time of decision. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Praise God! I'm so happy you guys came down here. This is just straightforward stuff. You're saying, you know what? I want to cut off the past. I want to live for Jesus. It's about saying I will be crucified with Him. It's about saying He's my all-in-all. That's what it's to make Him Lord of your life. I'm not asking you to believe a historical fact. Oh yeah, I believe, but I'm asking for for everything that your heart's about uh, to say. I I I, uh, want to live for Jesus Christ. Are, are, are you want, do you want to do that here? It, it, and it's not going to be easy all the time, but God will always be there and it will always be worth it. So would you folks just, you know, and, and you folks just quietly pray for them. And I would like you just to pray this prayer after me. Hey, Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that You are God. You are the rightful Lord of my life. And I confess that I have not acknowledged You as Lord. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. But I'm done with that now. I surrender all my life over to You. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. And so I ask You, Lord, to apply the victory of the cross to my life And forgive me. Have mercy on me. And then come and live within me. I need that power. I need that anointing. I want to be a radical disciple of yours. Let me pray with you. Father, pour out your Holy Spirit upon each of these people right now, Lord God. Fill them with your spirit and with your power, Lord God. Keep them from just mediocre church-going religion, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that their names are written in glory. That, Lord, uh, that you have an incredible love for them and your reality is in them right now and that you forgive them. And now, Lord God, I just pray that they would be all that you know that they can be in Jesus' name. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit here, Lord God. Take them, Lord God, in every way, Lord God. They surrender to you, Lord God. Take out the stones, Lord God, and fill them with your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Can I ask you guys to see that man right over there just for a second?
1: It's
0: that straightforward. No fluff and stuff. It's just, who wants to die? It's that easy, you know? We make it so complicated. I'm going to dismiss us in prayer, but I want to do this. I want to ask the prayer team to come forward, and if uh, some pastors can, and overseers can as well. And I want to invite you this morning, if uh, um, you would like to pray for receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward here. If you have children, please first go get your children and bring them in with you. We've got to work as a team here, and some of those people have other obligations, and so we need to get our children, but bring them back in here. And um, we promise we'll be patient with them. And one of the things I love about add this is you had kids running around all over the time in some of the worship services, and no one seemed to care. Uh, and then parents dancing with kids is cool. We'll talk about that. But um, uh, So go out and get your children first, and then if you want to come back here, if you want to just uh, if, um, uh, sit and worship the Lord for a few more songs, we're going to do that. Uh, so Father, we're officially closed now in Jesus' name. But as I pray, Lord God, that as we go out of here, we do it with an open heart, a hunger for you, that we want all of you, and we want to give you all of us, Lord. Father, help us to be a people who walk in the Spirit. Form us to be like an Angus who even in our dying breath uh, are listening to what Your Word is and obeying You, Lord. It's such a lofty goal. We can't do it on our own. Father, by Your Spirit, be moving us and shaping us and molding us in that way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, please, if you're going to stay here, go get your children and invite them to worship with you. At 1 o'clock, there's a TNT information session for those who are interested in that. I, I don't know the room, but we're going to serve lunch, so if you want to go to that, you can. Otherwise, God bless you guys. We love you.
1: God is good.